an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Corinna Nukrishner. She is a friend of mine and also one of my former teachers. Corinna is a beautiful light in this world, and I invited her on to talk about a new technique that she is offering that does something similar to EFT. In this episode, Corinna talks about how subconscious blocks will keep us from manifesting the things that we want, as well as how we can clear it. Corinna also takes us through an exercise to help us to heal those blocks. So without further ado, here is Corinna Nukrishner. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Karina Nukrishner, and she is my good friend. She is a teacher that I've been learning from for probably over five years. She's just a wealth of knowledge and so gifted. And I just wanted to bring her on the podcast because she's doing something similar to EFT, but not the same thing. So I just wanted you all to get familiar with this other new technique that, well, it's new to me in the last couple of years, but how long has it been around, Corinna? It was developed in 2014, but there's still like less than 200 people on the whole planet who have been trained in it. So it's really, really new. Okay, good. So I don't feel so like weird for not knowing about it. (laughs) Um, But basically what it's doing is it's helping to release these subconscious blocks that we have. And so I wanted to invite Corinna on the podcast to talk about that because obviously it's something that I'm passionate about helping people to release. And she has this other way that she does it and it's called the RIM method. So Corinna, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm really happy to be here. Good. Me too. So can you tell us what RIM stands for? Yeah, RIM stands for Regenerating Images in Memory, which is more of a psychological scientific term than like a colloquial makes sense to people term. So it's a little bit of a bulky, awkward name. But just like you said, it is a body-oriented technique that helps you overcome self-sabotaging core beliefs, limiting beliefs, and emotional wounds that you hold in your subconscious. Okay. What's interesting is when I do energy work with people and I'm, you know, helping them release stuff, it does show up in images. So to me, it makes a lot of sense, uh-huh. you know, because you do have to regenerate those images in order to release them. So how did you find it? I found it through my friend Macy, who is just this colorful, joyful, brilliant, vibrant person who's always discovering new things and bringing them into my life. And when I tried it, she gave me the chance to try it in a little class that she was doing. It changed my life. Like almost immediately, I knew it was my path. It was my career path. And it was also my deepest and most significant path towards healing myself. So it has. Wow. Yeah. Knowing your journey and knowing all the different healing modalities that you've been exposed to over the years, that's really significant, guys. Like, believe me, she has definitely been on the path to healing for a long time. So um, what made you decide to even do the session with her? 
curiosity. I mean, I really think it was my intuition just being like every single time she posted on it about it on Facebook, I was like, you have to do this. There was just this voice within <laughs> me that was like, do it, do it, do it, do it. And um, yeah, that's that awesome. very clear to me once I tried it. I was like, oh my God. Yes. So uh, Corinna, you ha- have had more than one dark night. Can you tell us about your dark night? Yeah. The um, dark night that I've been thinking of the most recently, because it really is what got me into exploring my subconscious mind is, um, as you know, I went through a divorce, I don't know, maybe four years ago or so. And um, that was actually a great, really wonderful journey. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be dark, but you know, that one was an empowering journey for me. But um, I don't know, a few years ago, I was just, I'm a single mama. And what I was trying to do for my business really wasn't working. You know, I was doing all the things that I knew to do teaching classes and giving intuitive readings and all the things and I just wasn't scrapping together the money I needed for life. And it sent me into this really dark place. I was having just like panic attacks every night, you know, like I couldn't sleep through the night, I would wake up in the middle of the night, just my heart pounding, sweating, just full of fear and terror. And like you said, I I have so many healing modalities at my disposal, you know, like I had studied intuitive development, meditation, yoga, I'd even done therapy for 10 years. (laughs) You know, so, so I mean, I've tried the things I've explored myself, I know myself pretty well. But this fear and these panic attacks were really debilitating. And it was just really hard to make it through that, you know, like, like just being so exhausted and being weighed down by that. I don't know if you've ever had panic attacks, but it's a real big thing. So my brain, my sweet little analytical mind kept trying to drag me towards like, okay, we have to find a solution. We have to find a solution. We have to fix this. Um, So it was dragging me towards like professional trainings and corporate jobs and all this kind of stuff that just felt so out of alignment with my soul. But my analytical mind couldn't come up with a solution where my soul was honored and, you know, like my finances were fixed. (laughs) So I had this opportunity to do this corporate thing and it didn't feel right, but I just had no plan B you know, and I was just really in a lot of fear. And then my friend, another friend who's really magical and fun called me and she was house sitting on Maui. And she was just like, come to Maui, you know, like, just come give yourself a break. You're totally wrapped up in your head. You totally need to give yourself a break. And it was the most grace filled thing that ever happened to me, I think, you know, like I was able to get tickets for super cheap and my kids stayed with their dad. And I went to Maui and I just snorkeled with the sea turtles every single day. And I told my guides and I told my soul like, okay, I need an answer by the end of this vacation. By the end of this vacation, I'm going to know what my next steps are because, you know, I can't keep going through the panic attacks. I also don't really want to take this corporate thing. It just felt so, so out of alignment with my goals, you know, and, and who I am as a person. And so I just meditated on it every single day. We went whale watching. The humpback whales were in Maui at that point. When I was snorkeling, if you swam out deep enough, you could hear the whale song like through the water. It was oh just, wow! I mean, it was the most amazing, magical time. And every single time that I meditated, my guides were like, "Don't do the corporate thing. Something's coming." And I kept being like, "There's nothing coming. I have no plan B. Like, what do you mean?" But every single time, my guides were like, "Don't do it. There's something coming." And I just was like, "I can't. You know, like, God, this is so hard for me to wait for the like." vague something's coming. But Mm -hmm. I decided to just trust the grace of that, you know, fearing that I might just have to deal with the fallout of making a terrible decision of passing this opportunity, you know, but but I decided to just go with my heart. And that's when Macy invited me to be part of her class. Macy is the person who introduced me to RIM, Regenerating Images Mm -hmm. and Memory. And the very first time that I attended her class, it just like, it broke me open. 
because all of the healing modalities that I tried before, my conscious mind was at the forefront, you know? And so my conscious mind has a story about me and all this kind of stuff. But what RIM does, it goes beneath the subconscious mind and it just brought forward all of this subconscious stuff. And I realized that that had been the missing piece in my healing journey, you know, like my subconscious mind had all this incredible power over my life and I had never known exactly how to listen to it or to make friends with it or to integrate it and and create this wholeness in my life. You know, very first time I tried it, I was like, this is different than anything I've ever tried. Second class, because it was a seven week class, the second class. I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing with my life. Like, this is what my guides were telling me was coming because this has just cracked me open. So within three months, I had done the level one training for RIM, which happened to be like down the street from my house in a few months, which was just so, you know, like it was all so fortuitous that it just like fell into my lap. I mean, my favorite part about it is that I had always struggled with really massive anxiety, social anxiety, primarily. And you know, all of the other modalities I'd done had helped me a little bit, you know, the decade of therapy helped me a little bit and all the meditating helped me a little bit, you know, like they all helped a little bit, but within about three months of trying RIM, my anxiety had gone down by 50%. I mean, it just shocked me deeply, you know, that things could be so profoundly healed within me. So there, I just kind of gave you my whole dark night of the soul and <laughs> resolution. I don't know if that's what you were intending. Yeah, but, of course. Um, yeah. No, um, thank you for taking us through that. I remember when you went to Maui and I, I remember seeing some of the pictures and I could feel how, how healing it was for you. And I remember yeah. seeing you afterwards and how you look different. So it's nice to know that that actually even brought you to this method, which is, you know, helping so many people to heal, which is so great. So you took those classes and you dove right in. You just, you've known that this has been your path. So can you explain to us, like, why is it important for us to understand our subconscious blocks? Yeah, that's such a good question because like our subconscious is actually far more powerful than our conscious mind, which I know that you know, and probably a lot of your listeners know, but it actually dictates like 95% of our thoughts, behaviors, and feelings every day. And so when we're unaware of what's happening there, it's still in control of our lives but it just makes our lives feel chaotic, out of control. It makes us feel like we have out of control emotions or it gives us even physical symptoms that hold us back. Um, And so when you don't understand what is in your subconscious mind, then you don't truly have a full sense of who you are or what is orchestrating your feelings and your instincts, your habits, your behaviors. All of those things are being originated in your subconscious mind. And so to understand your subconscious mind gives you this huge, deep, fuller awareness of who you are. And I'm always amazed by when people go into their subconscious, and I'm curious if you have this experience with EFT too, I bet you do, that not only is there a bunch of gunk there that needs to be addressed and witnessed and cleaned out and that kind of stuff, but there's also this incredibly deep inner wisdom. There's this amazing resourceful knowing that's deep within our subconscious. And so not only have we shoved into our subconscious wounds and difficult things and, you know, stuff we'd rather forget or not identify with, but we've also shoved a lot of our gifts down there. Some of the most beautiful parts of us, you know, these deep inner knowings, this amazing wisdom, and a lot of, a lot of special parts of our personality exist down there too. So when I work with my clients, I'm always so amazed to see like we can heal so much, but we can also connect to so much that's so true. 
So let's back that up for just a moment, because I don't yeah. think a lot of people realize that they're running mostly off their subconscious programming and subconscious programming really comes from ages zero to seven, mostly. And that's really because we're in a different brain state. We're actually in more of a meditative state as a child. And that's why we're so creative and why we view the world you know, so differently and, and are so curious about things. But unfortunately, at the same time, we're also picking up a lot of information that's really can be wrong or we um, we are adopting beliefs that we may not have chosen as an adult to have, but we still are running from them. <laughs> running from them actually is a very <laughs> funny thing that just slipped out right there, um, yeah. you know, because we do, we run from them because we don't know that they're there. And we're just like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just aren't present because it's kind of like a catch 22, right? We're not in the present moment. And we're running off our subconscious. And then to get back into the present moment, we have to really be conscious of the fact that we're running from the subconscious. So, <laughs> you know, that's why meditation is really cool and doing a lot of healing work and, and a lot of self-awareness is really important. So anyway, uh-huh. I just wanted to back it up and just talk about that for a minute. And I love that you said there is this deep inner wisdom that's there and the gifts that we've been given are there. I see it a little differently, but yet it's the same result, you know? So Uh I see that once we move out that trauma, the truth comes in as a golden light into the person fills them up and they literally can't feel how they ever believed that thing before. Like there's just Mm -hmm. such an awareness that it was not their truth. And then eventually what happens is, is they start to see those gifts as, as they continue to heal themselves. And I, it's funny, I get text messages and messages from people a lot that I've worked with that are like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to spirit now. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm starting a healing practice. And it brings so much joy to me because I'm like, wow, that was not, that was not on the table for either one of us. Like it was just to help them to be happier mm-hmm. and healthier. And then, you know, little by little, those things are revealed. So that's really, really wonderful that you see it that way. Mm-hmm. So what are some subconscious blocks that we have? Oh, we have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just use um, my example of my own social anxiety, you know, because basically our subconscious is constantly controlling our lives, like I already said. And what comes forth is a lot of like, you can know that it's coming from your subconscious when your life isn't working the way that your conscious mind wishes it were, you know, like, I didn't want to have anxiety. It was like a compulsive sort of like feeling of like, ah, so awkward, you know, like, whenever I was with people, or, you know, people experience their subconscious blocks as self sabotage, you know, like they really, really want something consciously, but unconsciously, something isn't aligned, because they always continually, you know, self sabotage. So my social anxiety was a really huge limiting thing in my life where I just, I had difficulty connecting with people, especially if it was big groups, I felt really uncomfortable. And I hid from the world in lots of ways, except in, you know, little prescribed ways where I felt I would be safe or where I would be taken care of and with certain people that I just felt comfortable with. But um, it really held me back from growing my business. It held me back from just putting myself out in the world. And it was a feeling of discomfort, you know, like a deep discomfort within me a lot, you know, especially when I was in public or at parties or anything like that. But it just felt compulsive, you know, like I just didn't know any different. Yeah. I wonder it's so this was just coming to me as you were talking. Mm -hmm. I wonder if like, let's envision ourselves being you walking into a room because everybody's, uh, there's a lot of people like you, let's just be honest. Um, So envision yourself walking into a room I think that the brain is smart and says, this is a dangerous situation, right? So we check out, right? So then who, of course, is going to show up is the subconscious. You know, you're not going to just fall asleep or die. (laughs) (laughs) 
So like somebody's got to run. uh, Yeah. yeah, Right. Somebody's got to run the show. So there goes the subconscious and being like, Oh, all right, we'll take over. And then it's like, Oh my God, awkward. I feel terrible, you know? But um, anyway, so that, that just occurred to me. It's just an interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And my subconscious was just, you know, it's just always present no matter what, you know, it just really is. So yeah, when I started doing regenerating images and memory, you know, receiving it, like I did these group classes with Macy, I got one-on-one sessions and I read a book of how to like do self-healing with RIM and what really was deeply uncovered and then reprogrammed, rewritten deep in my subconscious was that I just felt shame a lot as a kid. I felt shamed. I felt criticized, you know? So then I projected that onto the whole rest of my life, you know, like, well, all these people want to shame me. You know, like, which was subconscious. I didn't know I was assuming that about people. And I assumed it about some people with certain characteristics more than others, you know, but it was just running in my subconscious. I was totally unaware that I was expecting to be shamed. So I was already feeling the awkwardness and pain of shame, you know, before anyone had ever shamed me. And when I went into my subconscious and just kind of held tenderly that vulnerable part of me that was shamed, you know, and just got to even know that that was my expectation. Because what I tell my students is that, in those first seven years of life, we form emotional expectations, implicit emotional expectations, you know, so you just kind of expect the world implicitly to behave towards you, just like your family of origin behaved towards you, or, you know, the society behaved towards you when you were a kid. So I had this implicit emotional expectation that people were going to shame me. Once the subconscious becomes conscious, you can start being like, wait, that's not true. Like how many people actually have shamed me? Like if I actually count how many people I've met, how many people I've interacted, what is the percentage of people who have actually shamed me? It's minuscule, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, but that it was, you know, the subconscious mind is not logical. (laughs) Exactly. Right. It's just trying to defend you. Yeah. Yeah. It's protective. And so I got to rewire that in my subconscious mind. And then my anxiety just magically was like, poof, you know, and it's not that I don't ever get anxious, but I have a more healthy and normal relationship with anxiety now than like, you know, really limiting, holding me back relationship with anxiety. That's awesome. I, that's what I call the reticular activating system shifting and seeing how you've been safe rather than seeing those few times that you actually had those bad things happen. So yep. that's really awesome. So here you are, you, you heal your anxiety mostly to a level which is totally easily manageable. Obviously, when you're learning a technique, you obviously do it a lot before you start offering it. I remember I came to see you actually, and we had a really awesome experience. It was so bizarre because I remember going to see you and I had one thing that I wanted to work on. and That is what we wound up working on, which Uh is awesome. And it happened in such a way. And I remember just like two days later or something, I think I sent you the picture. What I had seen in my imagery was something that showed up two days later and it was almost identical. I was like, wow, how in the world did this show up at the same time? That's really cool. I just remember having profound healing from that experience. So that's why another reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because it's so interesting, the different ways that we can access the mind and and heal it, you know, right? We have to. Totally. I love that you had that synchronicity afterwards too, because I feel like when you tap in to this deep inner wisdom, you're tapping into something that is of you but it's also bigger than you, you know, like there's this deep inner wisdom and it knows more about like the energies of the world at large and all this stuff that our brains just don't, it couldn't fit. All that information could not fit into our brains. But when we tap into this deep inner wisdom, it's just amazing. The synchronicities, the healings, you know, (laughs) there's all sorts of possibilities that open up from that space that our previous perceptions wouldn't have really allowed for. 
So before we get into learning out how this even happens, you know, how you do RIM, uh-huh. I wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, we we laugh and joke about these programs that we get from zero to seven. But I know that Corinna and I have done a lot of work with the same teacher and also I've worked with Corinna. So we have a lot of similar beliefs. And I wanted to talk about our belief around everything happening to line us up for this kind of thing. So like, yes, we laugh about that we have these programs that were given to us. And I just want to talk a little bit more about that. So what's your feeling on that? About why the programs in what, like a greater spiritual sense? Are yeah, in a greater spiritual sense. Why are we experiencing them? Why did you have social anxiety? Do you really feel like it helped you to find RIM and like that got you on your purpose? Like, is that the role that it played for you? You know, or why do we experience trauma as, let's say, a child or sickness or things like that? Like, what is the overall spiritual lesson that maybe could be understood from this? Yeah. I mean, I do believe that from the like big, huge perspective of spirit, that we all do have purposes, you know, and we come to learn specific lessons. And I've heard client after client report that, you know, when they drop into their um, deep inner wisdom, their inner knowing, their soul, that they can have this beautiful perspective on the challenges and the pain and that they can see them as beautiful catalysts for growth. You know, that's definitely more of a hindsight sort of thing once yeah. you've gone through some healing, you know, and so I never really project that onto my clients, you know, because I think there's also a phase of healing that can be really important of feeling anger towards it or feeling rejecting of the things that happen to you or, you know, sometimes, especially for people who have experienced trauma, they're that rage towards the trauma or towards the people who did that to you or whatever I see as kind of energetically helping them rebuild their boundary and that kind of stuff. So I try not to like, ever like tell my clients like, Oh, look, that that happened. So you can learn because it just feels like victim blamey a little bit and maybe invalidating, especially because some of the healing processes, or some of the steps in the healing process require those rageful, blameful moments, even though it sounds like it's not like spiritually enlightened to be filled with rage, but it's just part of the soul's healing journey. And then usually I do feel like when clients get to a certain level in their healing, they always do see it as some level of a gift because it does strengthen us and make us who we are. And for my own answer to that question, like I do feel like my spiritual journey was to come here and do regenerating images and memory. And I feel that because when I do it, it's the happiest thing I've ever done. It's the most meaningful thing I've ever done. I'm so in love with life and with, you know, the process. So I do feel like my traumas helped guide me to this, you know, specific thing Yeah. I mean, there's definitely part of the healing process is that rage, is that moving through that energy. And and then eventually you get to a place that we've referred to as neutral, right? You know, you're like, okay, that happened. Not happy about the fact that it happened, but (laughs) I am am wise enough to realize that there was probably more significance than it happening to me. It happened for me as well. Anyway. Okay. So let's move into how do you do it? Can you do it on your own? I don't even know if you can do it on your own. Yeah, you can. So it was developed by this woman named Dr. Deb Sandella, who is one of my teachers now. And I just think she's so cool. Um, So she has a book called Goodbye Hurt and Pain. And it has like some self guided sort of things that you can try. I do think it is often more powerful if someone else leads you through it, you know, just because the person leading you through it is holding energetic space and groundedness and safety for you to really explore whatever you want. But it is absolutely possible to do on your own. And in fact, I love to teach my clients at least the basic steps, you know, of how to do it a little bit, because 
the thing that really rewrites the programs in your subconscious mind is first just being aware that they exist, right? You have to make the implicit explicit, or you have to make the subconscious conscious. And so to do that, I help teach my students and clients how to listen to their subconscious because almost everything that you hear about subconscious reprogramming these days is like, do affirmations or, you know, there's some level of like, my conscious mind is going to beat my subconscious mind into submission by repetition. And, you know, like, it's just like, I mean, and I'm not saying it doesn't work. I think it eventually does work, you know, that you can reprogram through that willpower, dominant sort of masculine, you know, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to reprogram it. But, um, with RIM, you learn to listen to your subconscious. You allow it to speak to you. And to me, that's just so much more profound and easy too. It doesn't take willpower at all. It just takes learning how to listen. And you know, if we have any sort of relational intelligence in our lives, we know we need to listen to the people we love to form relationship. And so to me, I, I help facilitate my clients learning to listen to their subconscious deeply so that they can hear its messages. And then once you've heard its messages, step one is complete. And then the step two of rewriting it is really having like a mismatched experience to that implicit emotional expectation. So like when I was worried about the social anxiety a couple different times in different rim sessions, I had feelings of support, you know, and that, that like kind of started breaking up that pattern. I had mm -hmm. feelings of being loved, you know, like I was able to rewrite those patterns by my subconscious mind just automatically showing me like, no, actually, here's what's really happening, you know, and it kind of that's how the pattern is broken and rewritten is first, you make the implicit explicit. And then you have like a mismatched emotional experience of like, well, I expected shame, but now I can see I felt love, you know, I expected shame, but now I can see that I felt camaraderie and connection, you know, those kinds of things. So that's psychologically how those patterns get rewritten. I think EFT does it a little bit differently, but I love EFT because again, it honors the body knowing and the cellular knowing and that kind of stuff. And it really rewrites it deep in the cells because yeah, I just think that that's, you know, our subconscious mind, mind is kind of a misnomer because it's really like our subconscious is the knowing of our body and the intelligence of our cells and the implicit memory of our experiences. You know, it's not really contained in the brain, which I think right. people think of with the mind. So what's interesting of what you just said is in EFT, we have to have that opposite feeling come in because it okay, takes, yeah. yeah, that's where the tapping comes in. It becomes that opposite feeling because it's calming and you're yeah. saying, I love and accept, which is generally the opposite of whatever you're feeling because there's resistance, right? So totally. that's how the neural network gets taken down. And then a new one is rebuilt because the brain says, this is a dangerous program to be running, you know? Um, mm -hmm. normally we're freaking out. Now we're feeling love and calmness. Like this doesn't make sense. So let's take <laughs> that down and rewrite it. So it's interesting how it is very similar in, in mm -hmm. its, um, mechanics, I guess, but just a different I, approach. Totally. I love EFT. I think it's so awesome. Obviously I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> EFT and RIM are my two favorite healing. You know, it's funny, like just for one second, let's back up because like, uh -huh. you know, probably in 2015, I never in a million years would have said I loved EFT and I'd be talking about it all the time. Like I just thought it was goofy <laughs> and I had written it off many times. And then when I saw the science, I was like, oh, holy moly, I should give this a shot. And then of course I did. And so anyway, I just talking about how like we just find what we we know we're here to, to share. Yeah. So can you take us through a round of it or how, yeah. you know, what do you guys call it? Is it a um, you said it's two steps. So I mean, generally speaking, we call it rim sessions when you get a one to one thing. I personally call it hack your subconscious. I it's don't awesome. Think is yeah. the best name. 
but um, Hack Your Subconscious works for me. So I sell Hack Your Subconscious sessions on my website. And I also have a course that I'm 95% through with completing. I, I pre-sold it and I have nine students going through it right now, but it's a pre-recorded course called Subconscious Self-Healing. So in the future, awesome. that will be available, which teaches you really deeply how to do it yourself and has lots of recorded, I call them subconscious reprogramming exercises, but they're really RIM, you know, like just recorded RIM that people can experience it and uh, go really deep into their subconscious because what's held deeply in there is the gold. And it's right. also the wounds that really yeah. <laughs> I was just say, <laughs> Isn't that interesting, that dichotomy? The gold is there, right? And mm-hmm. it'll totally heal your life and make you feel better. But it's so scary getting there, you know, because it's the yeah. wound, you know, you're poking basically kind of into a wound, um, yeah. but doing it gently and, and lovingly. And, and it winds up really healing you and changing your whole life and your perspective on life. And how you communicate with people and how you, you know, show up in life. It's just so awesome. Do you want to take us through? Yeah. You also have a, you you have a free guide as well, right? On your, about reprogramming. Yeah. Yeah. It's called locked to blissful, the essential guide to communicating with your subconscious. And yeah, so that's available for free on my website and it's just great. It gives you all the basics of why your subconscious is super powerful, why you really want to work in partnership with it because working against it does not work at all. (laughs) (laughs) And then it gives you, you know, similar to what I'm going to tell you now, like how to listen to your subconscious, how to start that communication in that really loving, allowing space. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but I would totally love to walk you through it a little bit. Okay. Awesome. It's um, more powerful if you have your eyes closed, but obviously it's not required. So I would encourage anyone who's listening just to think of some place in their life where they feel stuck, you know, or where they know their subconscious blocks are holding them back. So just bringing to mind something that feels stuck or not working in your life. And then as you think about that thing, take a few breaths into your body. Imagining that you can follow your breath into your body, into the core of your being, and then feel your body's reaction to that thought. So you think about the stuck thing or the thing that's not working and somewhere in or around your body, you're going to have a reaction to that, like a tightness or a discomfort, or maybe you'll just have a knowing of what you're reacting or how your body is reacting. So feeling that reaction, like really feeling it, where is it in your body? How big is it? Is it heavy or light or warm or cool? And what color is it? What shape is it? It might have like amorphous edges or it might be really clear. Sometimes it's even an image, a really clear image. What texture does it have? And then your imagination is just going to take your awareness into that color, into that energy of that reaction in your body. Just diving in. And just noticing whatever you notice as you dive into that energy. You might have emotions coming up. You might see things like visuals because you're kind of just using your imagination to explore it. Some people have smells and sounds. And just noticing what's there. 
you become one with that energy. Like you know what it knows, you feel what it feels. And then you're just going to speak as that energy back to yourself. So as that energy, you're just going to say, what it's like being me is. As that energy speaking back to yourself, you're just going to say, what I'm feeling emotionally is. Just expressing whatever wants to come forth as this energy speaking back to yourself. Three words that describe me are just going to keep speaking as this energy for a few more sentences just to get a little deeper into what this energy feels and knows. Surrendering into whatever this energy is feeling, speaking back to yourself, what I believe about the world is. Speaking as this energy back to yourself, deep down, what I'm really struggling with is speaking as that energy back to yourself. What I really want or need is And then as this energy, just speaking anything else that wants to be spoken back to yourself until that feels complete. And then when that feels complete, you just bring your awareness back to the wholeness and the totality of you, back into all parts of you. Take a nice breath and just imagine that you could receive all that's just been shared with you as a stream of colored energy. Noticing what color it is, that stream of colored energy, what quality it is. Noticing where you receive that stream of colored energy in your body first. And then just thanking that part of you for whatever message it gave you. Even if the message it gave you doesn't completely make sense right off the bat, our subconscious is very nonlinear. But just acknowledge that you've now gotten the message from your subconscious. You've gotten a greater awareness of who you are and what's operating deep below the surface. Thanking that part of you. And then just opening your eyes whenever you feel ready. That's really just scratching the surface. That's mostly step one of just making the implicit explicit and allowing your subconscious mind to begin to communicate because the subconscious mind communicates more in feelings and symbols and images. It doesn't have language in the same way that our conscious mind does. And so opening ourselves up to that imaginal awareness, so much information and wisdom can come through. And it usually is, it just feels like a relief to even connect with that part of us that wants to be heard so badly. So yeah, there you go. That was amazing. You can't probably see it or sorry, you could see it. 
Sorry, I'm uh-huh. still a little bit coming out of the meditation. <laughs> um, you could see it that I was um, yawning a lot. And uh, I actually have tears, you know, that have come down, but they're from the subconscious mind releasing, you know, that that was where the yawning and the, the tears come from, from relaxing. But mm-hmm. what's interesting is uh, I've seen this before in doing healings and um, it was my inner child that came out again. It's always shown to me as a little girl in uh, a white flowy dress that is uh, for nighttime. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever wore that, you know, as a Mm -hmm. child, maybe I did, I don't know, but probably not, but it's just like, you know, the imagery of, and I just know right away, that's me as an inner child or as a little child, but my, it's Mm -hmm. my inner child anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So then I started working on something. So that was really cool. I really appreciated that. That was really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad. I know. I just love it because it's such a it's such a relief to actually hear the parts of us that are trying to talk to us, you know, and every part of us, you know, every part of our subconscious just wants what we want. It wants to be seen and heard and loved, you know, like it's so simple, right? Like, and the inner child is a huge part of the subconscious. Mm -hmm. That's really, really amazing and profound to get to listen to your inner child, you know, and then to form a trusting relationship with it, you know, because oftentimes our real childhood didn't quite have exactly the nurturing that we desired. <laughs> didn't maybe have that feeling seen and loved thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah and- um, it's so interesting, the parenting that's happening now versus what happened before. And, and then actually, even last night, I was watching the Queen's Gambit. So she, you know, she ends up in an orphanage. Have you seen it? No, I've heard about it, but go Okay. Well, I won't go into detail or anything, but it's just interesting watching the parenting that is happening in that. And before she went to the orphanage, you know, it just is so interesting how it's become so much more normal to work on yourself than it was back then and to be more fully present. Fen's watching it with me and she was like, God, everybody's so depressed. And so everybody's so like angry, Uh you know, and I think that probably people were just less aware. I mean, we have this image of in our minds of the 1950s and 60s being more like of this love and, you know, the perfect family and everybody's happy. But, you know, when they show the the movie, you're just like, hmm, maybe it wasn't that way, you know, and (laughs) then it makes more sense to what, you know, the kind of parenting I received, you know, watching that and and, and not to, I'm not knocking my parents at all. I certainly loved my childhood and I had a great childhood for the most part, but it's just different. I just parent differently than I was parented, you know? And I think it's because we just, we work on our stuff a lot more. Yeah. I mean, the collective consciousness is evolving. One thing that I love, you know, when I think of the fifties and sixties, I think that people just lived a lot more repressed lives. I mean, I don't know if that's true. Cause I, oh, totally. you know, wasn't there technically maybe sort of, but you know, not this body. <laughs> You know what I mean? But you know, it was just like, there was so much more power to the boxes that um, Mm. people had to adhere to. And, and when you live in that place of repression, you can't, you know, you can't parent with your heart, you have to repress your heart, you know, because if you had like, just as a woman, you know, like, if you had any desires beyond being like a mother and a wife, and kind of, you know, fitting into this very bland, powerless sort of box, you know, you had to repress that. And what we know, you know, from working with the subconscious is all that stuff that you repress is still there. And it is still calling to you and it will mess you up. (laughs) Yeah. It will disrupt your life. Right. And I can only imagine that if you're living in that repressed state. And again, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I don't even know if I'm making the right extrapolations from the fifties and sixties, but if you're living in that repressed state, then some part of you, some deep part of your consciousness deeply 
wants to not be repressed, deeply wants to have that freedom. And now where we are in our current culture, there's more freedom. There's so much more freedom, you know, for there's more power for women. There's more power for minorities. There's less boxes, right? Like I love the gender and sexuality stuff that's coming out right now where people just get to be so much more free and don't have to be binary or choose one or, you know, be the one that they were born with or whatever, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because I think that spirit is infinitely creative. And I love that the creativity can be expressed in a genuine sense instead of just shoved into the boxes. And I hope we still keep moving forward and dismantling those boxes more and more. So sometimes when I think of where we are today, I think it must have been a lot of people's unconscious desires to have this sort of freedom, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at the 1950s, what came after was the 60s, which was like a total backlash to the 50s, you know, of Mm -hmm. like, woo, we're going to just like leave our bodies and, you know, express (laughs) ourselves freely and have lots of sex and, you know, not not have the traditional marriages and such. Um, I remember growing up and my mom saying, you're so lucky you get to play sports. You're so lucky you get to do these things that I always wanted to do. But what's so great is um, that she recognized that freedom that I had. And then now you know, we went on that camping trip, we started out our call talking Mm -hmm. a little bit about it. And I brought my mom with me and she was able to experience it, you know, at 70, not seven, but you know, she had a little bit different freedom and, and still got it in this lifetime, which is great. Oh, Corinna, I could talk to you forever. You are so beautiful and such a light in this world. I am so grateful that I met you five years ago or so. And, you you know, I probably knew you in other lifetimes. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah. And I love the work that you're doing. And I hope that people reach out to you for a rim session because I know it was very profound for me. And just now it was, you know, I can tell that I moved some stuff and we all need different tools, right? You know, different ways work for different people. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't want to do tapping. And I'm like, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if, if tapping isn't working for you, but you really want to, you know, hack your subconscious, uh, definitely check out Corinna's website. Corinna, where can they find you exactly? So my business name is Hello Inner Light. And so my website is HelloInnerLight.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube with Hello Inner Light is my handle. Awesome. And that course, um, tell us again what that course is called again. Oh, so my course is subconscious self-healing, but the free guide, which is what I would recommend looking for, just because then you get to dip your toe in, get a good download of information and a fun experience of listening to your subconscious for free. That is called Block to Blooming, the Essential Guide to Communicating with Your Subconscious. And that is linked to on my website in multiple locations, or it's helloinnerlight.com slash bloom. Awesome. We'll put all that information down below on the sh- in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I love you. And I'm so glad that you were able to take your time out of your day and share this with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love you too, Amy. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 